Chris Father Gil Brown with us once again to discuss food. He's got a fantastic YouTube channel that I really, really hope you'll subscribe to. Subscribing is free. Uh, it's called That's Rank. And Chris, as you did last Friday and as you do most Fridays, you put the spotlight on a local food business. Who are we talking about this week? What I want to tell you about this week, John, is the very best ice cream that we have in Ottawa, which I know is a bold claim, but uh-huh. I'm prepared to back it up. Oh, but you had me at hello, though. Yes. Okay, I'm all ears. I'm with you. Yeah, ice cream is probably my dessert weakness. And this place is called Mushu Ice Cream at 477 Bank Street. It's about a block off of Gladstone. I've heard of it, but you know what? This is awful because, I, like you, I'm a huge ice cream guy, literally and figuratively a huge ice cream guy. I don't think I've been. I can't say that I have. Tell me more. Well, before I tell you about the ice cream, I want to tell you about the people who actually work there. Cool. I visit a few times a year, and they've got to be the happiest, most enthusiastic team in the downtown area. I've never been treated with so many big smiles, explanations of what's inside of each ice cream because they have some really unique flavors on the shelves. Neat. And then they'll even tell you about their special one-offs they have on the go, and that's kind of critical when you don't necessarily know what a particular ingredient might taste like because they really do get a little bit bit weird with some of their stuff, but in a very, very good way. They do their ice cream in small batches and they have a standard run of regular flavors that they churn out, but they do do the seasonal stuff. So, for example, when June rolls around, you're going to find me there with my wallet open for a pint of fresh Ontario strawberry ice cream. Nice, huge chunks of sun ripened strawberries. It is awesome. Wow. So all of the strawberries are sourced locally and they make the ice cream right there. Absolutely. They do it there in the shop. They have them set up in pints inside their freezer. They're not doing scooping right now due to the pandemic, sure. uh, but it's 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 fantastic. Later in the summer, they have elderflower and gooseberry. Gooseberries are actually native to Canada, but yep. unlike actual geese, it doesn't bite back. <laughs> now, what it is about the ice cream, though, that sets them apart is that it's super rich and creamy. You don't get any of those little bits of freezer pieces that you know you get inside a normal store-bought ice cream right there's no there's no air in between that causes those little bubbles that gives you those those little bits they use the absolute best cream it's probably not good for you but when you're eating ice cream you're not thinking about that no 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 see i refer to that as health food mental health food bingo yep And then they churn it the way they were taught in Asia. And believe it or not, ice cream was actually invented in China. So they're bringing it right from the source. Oh, yeah. It goes back like 2,000 years. The original, uh, one of the original royalties out there had something like 95 ice cream men working for him at all times around the clock. I I just want one ice cream person working around the clock for me. Thank you. That's all I ask in life. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us get 95 and some of us are us. Anyway, (laughs) as a result of the way they churn it, it's silky smooth. And the other part that I like highlighting is they're community driven. They pay above average wages with sick time, holidays off. They donate regularly to charities. This is unheard of for small business. How have they been affected by uh, all the commotion and nonsense going on downtown? Have they been closed for a while? They were were significantly affected by it because uh, they were unfortunately... assaulted by somebody down in the restaurant they had to close for about five days while dealing with it from a, from a traumatic standpoint somebody who wasn't wearing a mask that they couldn't serve guys they don't make the rules they're following the uh, you know you, but you chris you know we can say that a thousand times it's just it's getting the middle finger from far too many all right mushu ice cream and their address again is 
their address again is 477 Bank Street, a block off of Gladstone. And I guess we don't really need our one ice cream person devoted to us because we do have Mushu ice cream. Happy to give them some love, and I hope our listeners do too. And I also hope they subscribe to your YouTube channel called That's Rank. Chris Father Gil Brown wishing you a great weekend. Back with you again on Monday. It's the Milkman Show. Welcome to the Book Nook, where I discuss books and I talk to the authors. And I must confess, uh, the idea for this actually uh, came to me a few months ago when I got a phone call from our guest today, David Carter. Welcome to the show, David. Oh, thank you, John. Your son-in-law is also a broadcaster, and he suggested that you reach out to me. And you and I had a conversation a few months ago, and I thought, initially, we, we, we were trying to plan a podcast around this book that you've written. And um, yeah. I thought, you know, this this is an interesting story to tell. And I'm not sure if a podcast, you know, a podcast would kind of be a one-off. Um, so better to do an interview and, and discuss the book and discuss this story as well, which... Um, is a story that I don't really recall seeing in the news. It surely would have been, though, yes? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, it was in uh, the local uh, uh, Toronto Sun carried, I think, a bit more than um, some of the other papers. But, yeah, definitely. So you're a, retire- a you're, you're a retired police officer. Um, you worked in Toronto, and the book is called In My Mother's Home, A Young Boy's Life of Abuse. Um Considering how many cases a police officer would probably deal with in their life, um, this one is, it's obvious why this would be the subject of the book if you had to pick one. It's a Canadian cult that you exposed. Walk us through that. Well, it was in 1986, and I was uh, at that time called a detective constable. So you're still uh, responsible for... Uh, youth um, under the age of uh, 17, and and I was uh, also uh, a sexual assault child abuse investigator. So we would work in conjunction with uh, Children's Aid uh, wherever, uh, you know, a, a youth. So it would be usually under the age of 12 um, more commonly, or uh, like I say, even under the age of 17. Right. And we would go, uh, you know, attend these uh, uh uh, interviews, and on this particular occasion, I just happened to answer the phone in the office. I think my partner was typing at the time, and the uh, children's aid uh, worker said, I've, "I've got a bit of a different one for you, Dave." And and so we met at this high school in in Scarborough, and it was a 19-year-old. So when we got there, um, he started to tell us. He said, "No, tell you a bit about my story, but I'm concerned about a 10-year-old boy." Uh, and his abuse. So, all right, that's got our attention. The interview uh, was tape recorded, of course, was about two hours long. And sitting there listening to his tale of how he grew up in this home um, was pretty, pretty outstanding. He, uh, at one point after, you know, telling us his life of abuse, uh, as a young boy, um, said, well, that doesn't matter. I, I want to tell you about this 10-year-old. So we got as much information from him about that, and then we got back to his abuse, and he, he touched on it pretty lightly. And at the end of the um, uh, conversation, I asked him, I said, you know, do you have any 
uh, any marks or injuries, etc. And uh, he lifted up his shirt and he had nine slash wounds uh, with some type of a sharp bladed knife that were not, not healed. So, you know, if you, if you cut yourself or, or get cut and you, you know, get it sewn up, uh, you know, it has uh, one look, but if it's left alone, then it becomes a very, very wide looking, uh, uh, scar. Right. And he had nine of them. So obviously he had to be re-interviewed again, uh, through me because now we're looking at uh, criminal activity as, as far as, uh, what he had, uh, gone through. So he had, this was in his mother's home. So that's sort of the title of the book comes from. Sure. And he got out when he was uh, 17. And uh, again, he wanted to, you know, let us know about this 10 year old boy. So that was our investigation. When I left this meeting and I called our, our um, intelligence office and I said, you know, this thing has all the earmarks of a cult, you know, the way it's falling together. And what do you know about cults? And they said, we don't know. Let us know when you find out. So I, called the OPP and, and same thing with them. And they said, well, I think we've got a tape in the drawer, maybe somewhere, uh, you know, a videotape maybe from the States. So um, we did a press release and right away I got contacted by a fellow who ran an organization that dealt with people getting out of these, uh, of these cults. And it was classic textbook um, abuse. Uh, this so the 19-year-old's uh, mother was a self-proclaimed uh, pastor. And uh, she was the one that ruled the roost and uh, held all these prayer meetings in this home. Uh, the picture in the front of the book is a, is a hand uh, sketch drawing of how the house, it's a, a field stone house. And, um, I mean, it looks it looks meetings. it looks very quaint. It looks like exactly what I think most Canadians would probably covet if you could have that, you know, by a lake or a river. It it looks very cozy. Yeah. Yes, it was, and it was in a uh, suburbs of uh, Scarborough at the time. And when we did our investigation, it had been closed and boarded up. But um, the seventeen now, sorry, nineteen year old, he was able to describe the home and what took place and and the beatings and the abuse and the uh, not being, you know, suffering from a toothache, well, we'll pray for you. Um, it, it was just horrendous what he went through. And um, so our, our goal is to, to get the 10-year-old boy out. Where does a 19-year-old, where does he get that intestinal fortitude? Where does, where does if you grow up in that, how do you know that what you've been through is, is wrong? I mean, obviously, I think you've just got a sense that this is not right. Um, but how is he just able to go, yeah, don't worry about me right now. I'm worried about yeah. this 10 year old. That, that sounds like a very remarkable human being you were first dealing with. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's all part of, um, what this other fellows, uh, group, this organization that he ran, um, part of their deprogramming people. So you tell me you're in a, in a church. Okay. Is it on a Sunday? Oh no. It's, um, Tuesday night. Wednesday night, Friday night, and Sunday. Oh, yeah, is it like an hour, two-hour service? No, no, it's eight hours. goes all night. Oh, okay. And is, um, you know, do you sing hymns? Oh, no, well, but there's uh, the odd exorcism. So this sort of stuff that goes on, and then once they get out, 
and they sort of talk to counselors or say a, 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 a another priest or minister or, or someone right and then kind of find out you know well, all my friends this is what they do like the general population does this you know i'm subjected to this kind of abuse um and this type of treatment and it's a brainwashing it doesn't take long for them to get you in, into uh, or their, their hooks into you mm. and and you're stuck highly intelligent people get stuck in these things and it's it's sad the worst part is when this 10 year old boy is in this home the abuse is going on and there's adults in there and they're watching this but they think that this pastor is the conduit to god whatever she says is direct phone call from him it's it's so they think that must be normal and we've heard these stories and seen these stories for generations for ages and ages i i, I mean i don't i don't know how the average person uh i mean i, I think i'm an average person i i I don't think I could fall for that, and 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 it scares me to think that people can and do. Uh, are, are these the most vulnerable people in, in society that that tend to become victims to this, or can this really happen to anybody, David? It can happen to anybody, but they are people who, for example, one couple that I interviewed, and they said, "Well, I belong to this church, and the husband he belongs to this church, and we're not getting anything out of." my church, and we're not getting anything out of his church. We wanted something different. And, you know, at first, when they get in there, it's it seems all great, you know, and right. maybe, maybe they didn't want to wear a shirt and tie to church anymore, and they could just go and <laughs> lax, you know. But it, it, they're looking for something different. And right, they just, once you buy in. Really, yeah. The, the fellow that uh, got this, um, uh, this program going to – deprogram people um it was called coma at the time council on mind abuse and he's no longer he he's moved back to england we were able to interview him again for uh, the book so it was it was quite something he still continues uh doing this in england and uh but he had um he had been able to uh you know help us uh you know give us a, a lot of guidance you know as to how they operate and how he got into it why he was downtown Toronto and he was uh, he was doing something or other near this hotel having a cigarette out front and this very attractive woman comes up to him and says hey how would you like to come to a meeting oh yeah okay she goes and you can learn how to quit smoking oh, I'm up to that and just uh, that simple said, yeah it was that simple and he was at that time um, uh, an IT development programmer uh, so very, you know, smart person. Sure. And he said within three weeks, he actually went in at the end of his three weeks and handed in his reg resignation to his boss. And she said, no, I'm not taking it. So with friends, and then there was a, uh, a newspaper article by a Toronto Star reporter, and he put in something uh, about a, uh, a cult that was operating. And this fellow uh, got in touch with him. And then they, they actually formed this uh, coma group, and that's how he got out. But, yeah, so it can happen to anybody, a lot more to the, you know, vulnerable people that are, that are kind of out there, unfortunately.
David Carter is our guest, the author of In My Mother's Home, A Young Boy's Life of Abuse, A Canadian Cult Exposed, and you were the lead on this, so you you exposed this cult. Uh, I'm assuming they are no longer in existence, that, that they are over and done with? I believe so. Um, the uh, The name uh, that's in the book of the, of the group uh, still comes up uh, in Africa, and I don't know whether it was a former member that fled and went there or um but uh, yeah the pastor she is no longer uh, involved in this um or anybody else that i know but um uh again it's it's um and this is the biggest problem and uh part of the reason of doing this book and and, and i mention it in the book and i mention it now is that there's a portion of the proceeds are going to the uh durham children's aid foundation Amazing. Because there's so many, there's over 4,200 kids that they look after. And in September before school, make sure they have all their backpacks and, and stuff. That's just in Durham. And, um, and then they, again, at Christmas time, they make sure they're, they're looked after. And that's just that foundation looking after them. Um, but there are kids that are out there that, you know, are being abused. And this one was a, was it mental and physical abuse? Oh, with sure. adults, yeah, with adults present, gaining so, their trust and betraying that trust, and yes, yeah. yeah. So if if we got we got, you know, we we're successful. I, I can say that much about the book, but um, to be able to now at this stage have somebody come forward and say, look. I think this is happening to this child and then that child gets help. Then I'm happy. I love that you have a give back component to this. And I encourage my listeners to pick the book up. I bought my copy on Amazon and I'm glad that I paid for it, especially knowing that some of it, uh, some of my money is now going to uh, help that cause out. Uh, Again, it's called in my mother's home, a young boy's life of abuse by David Carter. Um, How many years were you in the police force? Uh, I only did 30 years and only, 31 days. Only did 31. 30 years and 31 days. Um, most, yeah, most of my career was spent uh, later on getting promoted to detective was in uh, the same field, uh, doing um, you know child abuse, sexual assault uh, investigations. So I have so was, much. Uh, I, I, I have so much admiration for anybody who puts on the uniform and serves. I cannot possibly imagine uh, this is just you know one one story uh, out of a 30 plus year career i i can't imagine some of the things that you experience um can i ask you a personal question yeah how are you after all of these years of seeing this kind of stuff uh you still it's still uh you get triggers yeah there's other there's certain places if i'm driving through uh, the city, especially Scarborough, where I worked most of my career. Sure. And you'll see an address, you'll see a location, and it triggers. And I could sit down and tell you exact details of what happened. This case, when I was doing this case, it was back then in 86. I don't know if it's still a term. It was like a movie made for TV. Mm. And, and I kept thinking, you know, this can't be happening. You know, this sort of thing. Is, is very strange, but I was being, you know, sort of guided along, I guess. Um, when I went in to see my, my 
uh, Detective Sergeant, and I said, you know, this is big. And he said, okay, drop your other cases, let your partner do that, and just work on, focus on this. So I had the time wow. to, you know, interview people, former members, and, uh, and, and find out how this was operated and who the players were, and then um, all the action to, uh, to be able to take. So it was, I mean, like I say, if I sat down and told you now from start to finish, well, I was reading the book, it's, it's a two hour. It's two hours. And I can tell you exactly almost to the, the, to the point what I was wearing that day, kind of, you know, and what people were wearing and how they looked and things that were said and things that were done. Well, I'm so grateful that people like you uh, do do this work. And um, thank you just never seems big enough for uh, what I'm sure you probably encountered, not just on this case, but on so many cases. Uh, thank you for writing yeah. about it. I really hope people give it a read because this is a true story. Um, you know, people, we started off talking sort of, you know, should this be a podcast? Uh, true crime podcasts are a big deal because people, I think, are, uh, there, there's something riveting um oddly enough about true crime and people people right. are um always amazed to hear just how horrific humans can be to each other yes um thank you for this time thank you for the book i wish i, I mean <laughs> i could probably talk to you all day and all night and get story after story after story <laughs> out of you uh but i do want to encourage people to read the book it's it's not a huge book it's only what are we looking at here a couple not even a couple hundred pages yeah it's about a hundred and Eight or 109 pages, I think. Yep. Uh, the, the, the pages aren't numbered, by the way, David. <laughs> well, uh, that was going to be my next explanation. When I, I print, made the first copy and I, my wife was reading, she goes, there's no page numbers. I went, why wouldn't they do that? So you get back in touch with Kindle and they said, oh, no, you got to do it. So the second. Oh, you're uh, kidding. Uh, That's your responsibility as the author. Yeah. So second publication went out and uh, page numbers were there, but the font was, uh, you know, you had to have. Of binoculars <laughs> to oh read it. Oh my gosh! So the third one and final one is perfect. It's all <laughs> good. <stuff. laughs> all right. Make sure you get the third edition, uh, David. I'm really grateful. And Chris, thank you for uh, for putting us in touch. David Carter, uh, the author yeah. of In My Mother's Home: A Young Boy's Life of Abuse. And uh, again, proceeds from this book, or or there's a give back component to this book, uh, going again to it is the Children's Aid Society of Durham. It's the Durham Children's Aid Foundation. Foundation. Very good. Yeah. Thank you for um, your patience, too. It's, it took a couple of months to finally get this on the air and get around to it, but you've inspired um, many conversations that we're going to have with many authors. Um, reading is so important, and um, yes. I, I really love true stories. So thank you for this. David Carter, yeah. our guest. And I appreciate you doing this, like I say, for for uh, you know to help the kids at the uh, foundation there. It, it's It'll make my day the very least i can do david you're welcome back anytime um any thoughts on because you must have a million other stories to tell any thoughts on on other books uh no no this uh this was the one i kind of uh tucked away in the closet and uh, held on to um but no the other one's uh far more gruesome uh but much shorter so those will have to keep tucked away here you go. David Carter, our guest again on The Book Nook here on The Milkman Show. Thanks again. Thank you.
Movie Time with Keith Whittier, movie reviewer extraordinaire. His website, wittywittier.com. And you have been to the movies recently. you got a hot new one just out for this weekend that you have uh, seen and, and you've got a review for. What's up? Absolutely. This is the new film. It is called Unchartered. And let me tell you, this is playing exclusively in theaters and it is a fun action ride. A lot of people will be familiar with Uncharted because it is a PlayStation video game. And uh, it seems that PlayStation is going to be taking a lot of their titles and moving them over either to the big screen or the, the small screen. So I know there's a lot of excitement for titles like Last of Us coming to the screen. But today we're talking about Uncharted. This is based on the, the character Nathan Drake, who was played by um, Tom Holland in this film. Uh, we meet him and basically he uh, him and his brother were very close. He's he's lost touch with his brother, but somebody comes into his life, played by Mark Wahlberg, who knew his brother. And then the next thing you know, they're they're setting out on this course to find some lost treasure, if you will. We've got Antonio Banderas in this cast as well. This is a very fun movie. This is a great action ride. People who are fans of the video game will really like this film because it it really touches on the game. There's some really fun Easter eggs in this movie. But even if you're not familiar with the game, as I was not, you're still going to enjoy it. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, the director of this movie is the same guy who did the, uh, the Zombieland movie, so he knows a little thing or two about action. I think it's a, a movie that's definitely uh, going to be enjoyed in the theater. And I think people are really going to like it. When you watch the movie, do you get a joystick to play with? Like, <laughs> you don't get a joystick to play with, surprisingly or not. You can't make you can't make the characters jump. Your popcorn before this is a fun popcorn <laughs> film. This is a good good blockbuster, great action film. I want to control the characters. I want to make them jump, and I want donkeys and Frogger, and maybe I'm showing my age too much, Keith. Well, in that case, stay home and play the video game. And once you get tired of playing the video game, then go and see the movie. You know, the other problem there is, and I've set myself up for it, I don't think I have played a video game since Sega Genesis was a thing. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and i still got it, too. Keith Whittier, wittywittier.com, with a movie review. There you go. Now you've got something to take in for the weekend. And, of course, you're open to feedback, too, right? If people hated it and they want to yell at you about it, you're open to that always. Absolutely. I didn't make the movie, but I'd love to chat about it. If somebody wants to have a conversation, they're more than welcome to reach out. Please don't yell at my co-hosts. Keith Whittier, wishing you a great weekend. We'll talk again on Monday. All right. You take care. Let's have a little financial fun on this Friday with Canada's money coach, Judith Kane. Welcome back to the Milkman Show. Oh, thanks for having me. Do we have to start everything with F's today? I don't know. Is that what we're going <laughs> to do? I'm going to, um, in the interest of, of saving my back end, I am going to make sure I, I lay off the F words going forward. <clears throat> in this That's probably a good idea, I think. <laughs> but I do have a thing for alliteration, and I can't help myself. Um a lot of money conversations boggle a lot of minds. People get very confused. In fact, I, I see a lot of people's eyes glass over the you know the minute money even comes up. But you have an interesting thing you want people to have a little look at. Walk us through this. So the Bank of Canada has this website, and it's called Unclaimed Balances. So let's say that you're in witness protection and you forgot about all the bank accounts you used to have. <laughs> uh-huh. You can actually go to bankofcanada.ca backslash unclaimed dash balances backslash and you can type your name in and see if any of those bank accounts pop up and they may have balances in them. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So are you are you plugging in Bank of Canada dot CA yeah. slash backslash 
unclaimed dash balances slash. And then you just put your name in. You put your name in. You have to accept and continue. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm accepting all the things that could go wrong with my computer without even reading them. Yes, of course. Yes. And you can go online and see if to fund it, you scroll down to find an unclaimed balance. You click on unclaimed balance registry. Okay. And you say, is it in an individual? Yes. And what is the full name? So put your name in. You have to put your full name in. So individual. Oh, middle name too, I guess, right? Yeah. Oh my! I, Sadly, why no do I why do I feel balances. why do I feel the same way I do when I'm like at bingo? <laughs> just just call O sixty nine. Just call it. Sadly, I have no unclaimed balances. But how about you? Uh, no unclaimed balances match your search criteria. Boom. Oh, I know. I know. It's like playing Wordle <laughs> and not making it to the sixth word. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> yes, it's just like that. <laughs> But okay. But you can go online. I I had I do not I went through my family and I was putting names in <laughs> and I actually found an aunt who had recently passed away uh-huh. who had a balance. And so I I emailed my cousin and I said, "Hey, I just want you to know that there is this bank out there that has money in it and I think it's your mom, my aunt." And uh and she checked and yes, there it was. Oh wow. Yeah, so I wasn't wasn't a lot of money. I think it was three hundred and fifty dollars, but hey, who knew exactly? So great place to see if you can find some money. Now you talked. We were talking off air about my fifty two week challenge, and I would like to bring that up again. Sure. So fifty two week challenge. You put a dollar in the first week. You put two dollars in the second week. You put three dollars in the third week, etc., etc., etc. For fifty two weeks. At the end of it, you'll have $1,348. I think that's what it is in total. So if you start now, you'll have money next January, maybe to put towards a trip because, of course, we'll be able to travel a year from now. Oh, I love the confidence when you say things like that. You say (laughs) sexy things, Judith Kane. So it's a dollar this week, not a dollar a day, but a dollar at the end of of this week. So today, yes, it's Friday. So today, put a dollar in. Next Friday, put $2 in. So it's the number of weeks times $1. So at the end of the uh, end of January, you'll be putting $52 in. So it's not too late. I mean, we're, we're only mid-February now, so you could actually go back and do the first six weeks and just drop that into a money jar. And here's the cool thing about that, okay. is that you'll have money for the new year, or if you backtrack to the beginning of December so that you're finished at the end of November, you'll have your Christmas money saved up. This is why you are such a great <laughs> guest on this show. See, th- and that was, yeah, when, you, when we had you on, and this is when I first had a chance. Of course, I knew you from TV and, and various interviews I'd seen you do and, and, and heard you know you do on radio, et cetera. But when I, you know, you're in my home on Jesse and Jenna's podcast, which I used to produce for them, and you offered up that advice, and my wife and I were in the kitchen, and both of our heads like, what? <laughs> and, and guess what we do every year now? I love it. So I had a woman who wrote in who said, I just wanted to let you know, I love your idea, but I was really worried about my family dipping their hands in and taking the money out. So what I did was (laughs) I emptied out one of those containers that have pods in them to do your laundry. And it, of course, it's a colored jug. Yeah. Yeah. And so she uses that and she puts it on the top 
top shelf of the laundry room, she said, because there is no way my family would ever go to reach for that. Nope. <laughs> so I think that she was also saying something about her family and their inability <laughs> to do laundry, but she figured that was a safe place to do it. She sounds so, like someone I need to get on the show and offer some, you know, life hacks from mom's exactly. perspective. That's fantastic. Judith Kane, you are always a delight. Thank you for this week. Uh, can we have you back next week again for more advice? Uh, I will be here I love with it. bells on. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. How do people okay. get in touch with you and read articles? Because I'm sure you've got a ton of articles online, et cetera, that people can uh, peruse for your many great years offering financial advice just like this. Where do people find you? You can get a hold of me at judithkane.com. Super easy for everybody. Certainly an easier website to get to than that Bank of Canada slash forward <laughs> squiggly. But for $350, isn't it worth it? <laughs> it is. And we'll link you right to Judith, too, of course, at MilkmanShow.com. Wishing you a great weekend, Judith. Thanks again. You, too. Sue McGarvey, Sex with Sue. Answering your questions about anything to do with sex, relationships. There's um, not a more open-minded person on the planet that I'm aware of. Uh, it's great to connect with you on a Friday. We're going to have uh, a twosome on this Friday, are we? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, two for one, baby. All right. Um, it, so I had two quick questions, and I thought I, I gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer them together. So let me, let me move on because we got a bunch to do. Somebody asked about she doesn't like foreplay. She doesn't like foreplay. Yep. And it came up in a conversation, and there was a guy that looked at me and goes, "Sue, I didn't know that there were people that didn't like foreplay." I'm like, "She doesn't like it. She's not into it. She finds oral sex kind of tickly and a little bit irritating. She can't get into it." She is one of the 30% of women that comes from straight intercourse. So she's like, look, I do lovey stuff with my partner and it's all great. I really just want him to bend me over and bang me. I really would like, that's what I want. I want that, I want that kind of thing. She, she said, am I weird? You know that I don't like all these other women say that they want, you know, nibble on your toes and nibble on the back of your no, neck. No, you like what you like. like. Drives me mental. She's like, tell people that there's some women that don't like foreplay. And then somebody asked me, can you over masturbate? You know, can too much vibration kill your ability to reach orgasm during Ooh. sex? Yes. So what, there yes? have been people who have said that, you know, I, you know, if you if I haven't had a vaginal, if I haven't you know, masturbated in a while and used my vibrator, it's like, boom, quickly, quickly, quickly. And for a lot of women, I think an orgasm is an orgasm is an orgasm and you want to have them. I don't care how you have them. I don't care in during sex if you need them. You know, it's not having, you know, Freud screwed up women for years because he didn't know much about them. And he kept saying that there were it was an immature orgasm to have it clitorally. Well, we all want to smack him virtually in the head because it doesn't matter. Right. Some women, there aren't that many women that can have what he called the mature orgasm vaginally. And there's guys that think if you don't get it vaginally, then what's wrong with you? But I think you need to have vibration and, you know, if you're not reaching sex regularly, the WeVibe, which is an Ottawa company, mm -hmm. made a fortune, went in Oscar bags because they, they were allowing women to reach orgasm with vibration. So I think if you're growing numb, I think if you're sitting on, you know, if you're kickstarting your vibrator with a Harley motor, if you're, you know, I've, I have been on, <laughs> yeah, I think that you can do that. Oh wow. my God! Oh, I, 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 I was been at a couple of conventions, right? Next therapist, they're going to convention. It's crazy. The Sibian, and oh, I was at one where the women. Oh, were, I'm dying to try. I am dying to try a Sibian. Please, bucket list. Lifting up Sibian. their skirt and going on the Sibian in front, like it was like a little like open aired room at a conference, and they're just like putting a condom on, lifting up their skirt, sitting on it. Amazing. And it, 
it turns and you can somebody else can drive it and you can like literally turn it up to 11 and I, and I got off that thing and I couldn't walk. Right? It was like, ah, I don't know if I want anybody to touch me for a while. I don't think it, it, it desensitized me for ongoing, ongoing sex going forward. Perhaps for a couple but of I moments afterwards, it though, may right? may have ruined me yeah. for the rest of the day. Sure. <laughs> for those not familiar with the Sibian, by the way, if you saw Howard Stern's movie, um, yes. he, yeah, he's notorious. He's, he's often had female callers. And put them on a Sibian. It's a it's 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 like a, a riding it's bronco a and it vibrates. Battle with a dildo yep. and different kinds of motors. It either yep. goes up and down or it vibrates back and forth. Yep. You can do both. Yep. 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 It's very fun. <laughs> uh, if I was a woman, I think I would probably live on one. I'm just saying. Mm. So they, they they get they can be a little numbing. Let's just say. Uh, no doubt, it has been. An eye-opening, fantastic conversation with you again today and all week. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you, and thank you for answering our listener questions all the time. Uh, We'll do this again next week. So please, if you've got questions about sex, anything, we'll leave your name out of it so there's nothing that you can possibly be embarrassed about. Please don't be embarrassed. Please don't be shy. Let's let's get you having great, fantastic, mind-blowing sex. Sue, how do people get in touch? Sue at sexwithsue.com. Please write me. Have a great weekend, Sue. Thank you for this. Mwah! You too. Mwah.